You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 158, Casper. These are our questions for J.J. Abrams. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. And today we are going to be going in between. (laughs) It's a stretch. We're, we're going to make it we're work, though. Work. <laughs> this is going to be our Halloween spooktacular episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, the thunder tube. <laughs> it's back. My name is Chelsea Robson, and I am with my fantastic co-host, Morgan Stradling. The friendliest co-host around. I'll take that for sure. <laughs> so basically, what is the Rotoscopers? Is if, if this is your very first episode that you've ever listened to, basically what we do is we take an older movie or a newer movie, whichever one strikes our fancy, and then we just kind of dissect it. We go through, we talk about it, we geek out, and we just have a good old time doing it. So we're glad to have you on this spooktacular episode. Welcome, welcome. Also wanted to say shout out to, we have a new patron this week, Morgan. Whoop, whoop. To Esther Rosenfeld. And she has been around for a while. I've, I remember lots of different voicemails from yep. Esther. Esther's awesome. So I'm Welcome glad. to Roto Nation. Welcome to the Roto Nation. Speaking of Roto Nation, that is our private Facebook group of all the patrons, $5 and up. And they were the ones who got to choose this film, which was really exciting. So I, I wanted to give them the option to choose because, you know, we we have to do our annual Halloween episode. Right, right. And so I wanted, obviously that's perk of being a patron is they got to pick the movie. So I did a poll and I put a various animated scary movies that we have <laughs> not reviewed yet. Right. Obviously we can't do Nightmare Before Christmas because we've already done that. We could do that for a Roto Rewatch, which is a patron perk, but not for this one. And as a joke, I just put the return of Jafar <laughs> in there and I purposely labeled the poll scary movie poll instead of like spooky movie poll or right. Halloween movie poll because I wanted to slip that in there. <laughs> it actually got a vote or two, it which did. is not bad. It was like, wasn't it like five votes. No, what well, was okay? <laughs> but people laughed. Like that was the best part in the comments. I also put Casper on there because I was thinking about it, and it's not an animated film per se. It's a live action CGI hybrid. But this mm-hmm. actually is very notable, where it's the first film to have a fully animated lead character ah. and multiple characters. Actually, so I mean, we got it. And hey, I, I put that out there. I said, hey, it counts kind of. And I, I let the patrons vote and they ultimately voted Casper, which I was really excited I for. I was so excited. Even when the poll closed, <laughs> I started watching the movie just to get ready for this. For 100 years, he has wandered the halls of Whipstaff Manor. Wow. Waiting for someone. There's a girl on my bed. Now, life at Whipstaff Manor will never be the same. Ghosts can't hurt you. Get bone bag! Don't come near me, you spiteful spook! We share haunting stories, we throw parties. The parties are always pretty dead, though. I feel like Oprah on hiatus. Take a hike! Get a grave! Before they fall. 
You guys are disgusting, obnoxious creeps. Thank you. Universal Pictures and Avalon Entertainment. Are we scary or what? Invite you on a wild, wondrous ride. Hurry up, come on! To the other side. So many 90s goodness out of this. Wow, this oh. film is very much a throwback to the 90s. Oh my gosh, yes. So some general information about Casper before we get started on our discussion. The studio was Amblin Entertainment in association with the Harvey Entertainment Company. The director was Brad Silberling. The release date was May 26, 1995. That's so interesting. Why was this a summer release? Yeah, I wonder, I mean, summers are the blockbuster. You're yeah. going to get more bang for your buck. But I agree. I feel like this was prime to be a September October le- release yeah I mean I, I get I mean it was still around for that time so maybe they're hoping for like the long, the long. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so good by the time September October rolls around It'll it's still, still chugging along well it did do awesome it did very very well budget was 55 million domestically did just over 100 million and its worldwide cum was 287.9 million dollars which that is great this was fantastic. a fantastic film I'm surprised we didn't get a a sequel we did get sequels uh, didn't isn't there like a sequel to this there but it's is, a direct but yeah. i'm surprised we didn't get one that was like the casper 2 right right well they wanted to but most of they couldn't get the the cast yeah the cast <laughs> christina ricci like there was a i watched it behind the scenes with her as she was talking about it she's like yeah i want to step away from casper <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Christina. Yeah, I mean, she's a very prominent actress, and definitely during this time period, uh-huh. I, I considered her like the '90s alternative it girl. Yeah, the alternative it girl. So you know, she was she was one of the the main cool teenage actresses at the time, but she wasn't like the blonde babe. Right. She was like the alternative, like edgy version. Right. You know, because she was in Adam's Family. You mm-hmm. know, which, and she's brunette, I guess, and she has big eyes and. Yeah, so she's alternative for that reason. (laughs) Yeah, dark hair, therefore alternative. (laughs) I just remember my brother had a big crush on her. Oh, yeah. And he was like, oh my gosh, Christina Ricci. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And also, I wanted to make note that the music in this was by the amazing James Horner. It wouldn't have been a 90s amblimation <laughs> right <laughs> movie it was almost that. in amblimation's yeah. contract that they had to get or not amblimation but amblin entertainment yeah you need to have james horner do your score right <laughs> and the music is quite good i remember thinking as i was watching it the the motifs and the different musical cues and whatnot definitely stand out to me mm-hmm. where it's very memorable mm-hmm. score at least maybe this is nostalgic talking Maybe, but I still think it's just, I've honestly, I think so many of James Horner's are so just the motifs, like you said, just stand out. Mm -hmm. And he just did such an amazing job. Rest in peace, James Horner. Oh, that was a sad day. But I also, I was thinking, you know, it wouldn't be the 90s without the James Horner soundtrack, but it also wouldn't be the 90s without the Ben Stein playing (laughs) the extremely boring professor slash lawyer in this case type. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I know. I saw him and I'm like, oh my gosh, here you are being very boring, reading a will. <laughs> is he back? Like, like, where is he these days? I really want him to come I don't back. know. It's not the 90s. I know. <laughs> also, wouldn't be the 90s without the tabloid show, the hard copy. I don't, I just remember that being like, do, 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 like the, the theme song for that one in my head. And then so many cameos. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Some notable ones that they were looking at is Dan Aykroyd uh, as he comes in. is like, who are you going to call? Uh, oh, someone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters Well, of reference. course. I mean, I'm glad they brought that little reference in there because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, obviously you have a ghost. Right. <laughs> who <are you> call? <laughs> there was that one mirror scene that had a lot of cameos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, no, 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 the big, yeah. the big guy, and then Mel Gibson. Hey, yep. <laughs> um, Clint Eastwood. Steven Spielberg was supposed to be in that little scene. That's true, but it was cut for pacing, which I'm like, was it really that. that long? But I guess they, they okay, we got the, we got the joke. You can transform into other people and things, and right. there are people we actually know. Huh? Oh, the Tales from the Crypt dude thing. Did you ever watch that show? No. Oh, well, that was there. That was a 90s thing. Sweet cameo. Yep. <laughs> uh. So before we go into this, obviously this film is based on the property Casper, the Friendly Ghost, which was a very, very popular cartoon. Um, and comic strip put together by the yes. Harvey Company. Yes. Harvey Entertainment was, was acquired by Classic Media in 2001. And Classic Media mm-hmm. was, we talked about previously, the f- purchased VeggieTales mm-hmm. franchise. So Classic Media by their name we're like we're just gonna swipe up all these old properties and you know live off the residuals (laughs) and then build new things off of them but 2012 and then in in 2012 classic media was purchased by dreamworks so technically not this movie but this character casper the friendly ghost is a dreamworks property and it's interesting because dreamworks brought that and we assumed oh wow they're going to use all these old characters Mm -hmm. you know they have all the rights to these characters and now they're going to make so many movies with them and we have not really seen that come to pass it's been about five years so you would start to think okay we're going to start to see some of these characters and movies come out but we really haven't seen it and i haven't really seen much with dreamworks doing anything with the classic media character yeah they really haven't I think the biggest thing that they've done is Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they really haven't done much. Yeah. So it's like, come on, come on, DreamWorks. Well, which is now Comcast. So come on, Comcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Casper, he's also known as Casper the Friendly Ghost. Like you said, he, there was a comic, there was TV series, there's also various films that came out. Uh, Casper and Wendy was mm-hmm. one of the films that we could have reviewed. I was looking at it, I thought, oh, maybe it's just a little short. No, it's a full movie. Mm-hmm. So, and, and other than that, I'm not a big Casper fan. I don't have a lot of history with Casper, so I'm not going to go into it because, as we learned with my VeggieTales episode, it's most <laughs> likely going to be speculation <laughs> anyway and be wrong. So I do remember there you watching go, Casper. He existed. He existed, <laughs> and now he's owned by Comcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it was. I I do remember watching some of these movie, some of these cartoons yes. as a kid, but it wasn't something. So it's like I knew who Casper yes. was, yes. 
But it really wasn't until this movie that I became a Casper fan. Oh. And were you a Casper fan because of he was so dreamy when he turned into a yes, boy? Yes, he was. Yes. <laughs> if you were a girl in the 90s, <laughs> that wasn't something that like was that talked was about. That yes, was I told that to my husband and he was like, I'm like, don't you remember when all the girls were like swoon over Casper in his human it form? And he's like, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, it was like him and JTT. That yes. was like the two Even of the Even though he didn't really go anywhere after <laughs> no. that. It was just like, oh, he's so so dreamy and I was looking at him in that scene yeah I'm like oh I know you're just a little boy he, like what the <laughs> the thing is he was 17 when he did that movie <laughs> and I'm looking at him and I always thought he was so much older or no I always thought he was so much younger like 12 or yeah, 13 yeah, yeah. like because that's how old it seemed in like when he's telling his story is like oh when I was this old I went and did this and yeah. I got sick blah 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 well you know so he's 12 years old and now he's going to a junior high dance but he's like Wait, so the know. actor was 17 the or actor he was 17. was 17? No, the actor was 17. But not necessarily Casper. No, not Casper. Yeah. But the actor Casper's very young. Right. But I'm just, I'm bringing that up mm-hmm. because I'm saying, oh my gosh, this character was like, had a baby face for a long yeah. time. Hey, that is great That's in fantastic. Hollywood. That's okay? fantastic, yeah. And like so, in Mean Girls, a lot of the main characters in Mean Girls were in their 20s, yeah. you know, playing high schoolers. And that's very common for people in their 20s to play high schoolers. Yeah. It works better, I think. But yeah. They don't have to pay as many dues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I remember the very end scene. It was like, every now and then. And he's like walking down this, his staircase moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. We'll get there. <laughs> so that's Casper. He, in this movie, he's a ghost. And in outside of the movie, he's still a ghost. He's still a ghost. <laughs> but this is actually interesting because we get to hear a little bit more of his backstory. And it's a little darker um, than previously had been depicted. I don't think they really went into Casper's backstory no, from didn't. what I'd read in the... But- well, no, because here's what happened is there were some times where he was... He had a backstory, mm-hmm. but generally that backstory, he was like an eight year old, yeah. but this time they moved him up to 12. But then there are other backstories where it's like, no, he was born a ghost to yes. ghost parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? okay, <laughs> there you go. Nice. So I'm glad that they stuck with the, okay, no, he actually just died super young. Mm-hmm. Like that makes a whole lot more sense. And, you know, it's very interesting because as I was watching this, I'm like, okay, he doesn't really look like his human counterpart. No. You know, and then when these other characters turn to ghosts, like Carrington and the dad, uh-huh. like it's very obvious who they are. And and so then I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the uncles and I'm like, okay, I, I can kind of see what you would have looked like, but you're so caricaturized that clearly that's not what a human would look right. like or if, you, you, if they somehow turned into humans right it wouldn't it wouldn't quite match and so it was just interesting like the different play like the ghosts were super cartoony if they started out as ghosts but if you were a human that turned into a ghost they made it a little more uh very real to form mm-hmm. maybe that just comes with age <laughs> as being a ghost you know he's been wandering this castle mansion for the last hundred years and so he instead Slowly- of becoming more he becomes more nebulized Mm -hmm. so well it's interesting because he's very young you know even before we hear his backstory it's just very obvious that he's just a little kid yeah you know he hasn't quite matured yet you know he gets kind of possessive over cat like can i keep you right and like that's supposed to be endearing and cute but then it's like when you think about it it's like (laughs) oh this ghost really wants he wants yeah he, Let's not think about he's it. He's ghosting <laughs> over her and he's haunting her. It's like your little personal demon. Um, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> oh. 
and I, I could see why that like when that was written it was like oh, it's supposed to be such a tender moment but, I know. but he's little yeah at the same time so I feel like the the actions don't quite add up because for them he's he's very immature in a way and like clearly still a little kid right and then he has like these different moments where he's supposed to be a little like, older like ghost and, casper like, is like eight years old yes but anytime that he has like a romantic relationship with cat or it's expressing those feelings or we're supposed to realize that he's liking cat it just doesn't match with the character to yeah. me because suddenly it's like, but it's just a little boy crush. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's weird. <laughs> so let's talk about Kat played by Christina Ricci. And so, well, before let's talk about her, let's set up the premise with Carrington. So this whole thing gets set off because Carrington, her dad died and he's very, very wealthy and has millions and millions of dollars, majority of which he is donating to different animal charities and causes. Right. And so she's like, ah, hurry up. And this is where, you know, Ben Stein is just reading the will bah, very bah, bah. poorly. And it's, he's her lawyer actually, which was interesting because when I first, I went through and I read the synopsis after, when I first saw it, for some reason I thought that was, um, the dad's, the dad's lawyer? lawyer, just uh-huh. like the intermediary person who reads the will, but that really wasn't the case. He's her lawyer, and um, <laughs> the other guy she needs to find another lawyer. is like her assistant. Uh huh. So it's interesting, but he finally, you know, cuts the chase, gets to the point, and all that she has inherited—no money. You know, the Beagle Foundation gets more than her. <laughs> she gets this manor. Okay, here's my question. I'm going to start out because I've got lots of questions about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> First off. If she is the one inheriting this manor, does that mean that she and Casper are somehow related? Not necessarily. The dad I could mean, have purchased the property at any point in time. It's true, because it was kind of condemned, I guess, after. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the incident. <laughs> well, he's like, this is not something you want because it's just a piece of crap. But except when you go there, it's quite nice. It's amazing. I mean, other than the fact that it's totally haunted. Well, yeah. But ghosts or not, I that place would is love to live there. That is a great manner. Yes. I mean, we can figure out the ghost problem. Come I mean, on. It's, it Come was on. up to date enough. The fact that it had all of these like breaker system and lighting, you know, <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. It's not like this was like 1800s people. No. Like this is like good lighting and like these the ceiling that like swirls mm-hmm. and everything on top and then the bottom. Oh my gosh. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean if anything just do a good old fixer upper. Just dust. Flip it and <laughs> send it send it on its way, but unfortunately there's a problem you can't just do that you can't even go in because there's a ghost problem well yeah and that has to do with the three ghosts who have haunted this casper not so much anyone who comes in he just tries to say hi and be their friend Mm -hmm. but so this is how cat and her dad dr harvey come along where Dr. Harvey, uh, Carrington is watching TV. She's tried everything to get rid of this. Nothing has worked. And he is different in the fact that he's kind of the psychologist shrink who talks to ghosts. Right. And talks to ghosts on the other side. Now, that's great. Except My for Harvey. <laughs> we realize that he's a total hack. Right. Well, as he- soon as he walks in and sees the actual ghost and realizes there's a ghost, starts screaming and freaking out and you know really not handling the situation very well if this was your full-time job if you really truly worth communing with ghosts you You, would not be frightened at all it'd be like yes this is my job you would have actually seen him like oh yes i have seen a ghost before yes not been like yeah and so that lets us know and get in on the secret that okay yeah 
you're you're nothing yeah and and he has to bring his daughter cat along and at first i'm like why do they have to move there like can't he just fly there as a business trip and get this done but he is actually a super squatter he doesn't have any money and he doesn't really have anywhere to call home i mean other than where he was living but the way he and I'm totally, this is just my making fun of this. The way that he makes his living is just by squatting on these haunted residences as long as he can and doing his work with the ghosts. And yes, yeah, so he goes to the home and he has to squat there because I don't know how long it's going to take to, right. to yeah. get this problem taken exactly. care of, which is very unfortunate because he, he uproots and drags his teenage daughter along the way as he's trying to make his living, but she seems to be pretty okay with it and cool with it. Well, okay, I want to go into the the hard copy, like the the talk, the okay. show, <laughs> and they're just like he and his loner daughter cat, like what? <laughs> I'm just like they, I'm I'm just thinking, why? What kind of a of a of a TV show would like throw somebody under the bus like that <laughs> total loner total weird yeah. and then like it's like today they're in santa fe tomorrow who knows yeah, you know yeah. like and i just i'm thinking oh that poor girl like no wonder she can't have make friends right like hard copy has totally tagged her as the loner <laughs> so there you go Poor cat. She's Poor actually pretty cat. cool. She's. I think she's super cool. She's probably one of the better characters in the movie. Mm, she's actually quite normal. Yes, it, exactly. Despite having been pegged as the loner. <laughs> <laughs> right. But she moves to town and she starts making friends with different people. And it's just like, this is like classic 90s everything. Like yes. this movie has very much, like this was made in 1995. It very much has vibes of hocus pocus to me there's like a certain feel of these films that were in like you know like mighty ducks like they all just have like they're kind of like slightly desaturated or like airy in far like it's not like crisp yeah Yeah. it's like the film just like feels like there's some sort of layer of something in between you and the camera because it's like very uh musky almost Uh in a way but yeah and then she she goes to the school and you know classic bully girl but she was interesting to me that bully girl because she was like very prissy yeah and like almost seemed too nice to be the bully like too well kept you mean just like she seemed like a very sweet girl who was pretending and acting to be the snot yeah rather than like getting a truly just like stereotypical mean girl right she seemed just like the girl who would normally play like the sweetheart but she seemed miscast to me i i I get that yeah (laughs) And even the, like, the love interest, quote-unquote, he was... Complete nothing. Yeah, he was like, hey, wait for me. Like, just yeah. such a doofus. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they moved to the house, and, like we said, very quickly realized that it's haunted and infested, and so then we introduced to Casper and the uncles. Okay, so here is another couple of questions that came in. One, who are Fatso, Stinky, and Stretch? Who are they? Like, are they actually related to him as being his uncles? Or did they just, like, show up at some point in time and just say, hey, this kid is haunting this house. Why don't we haunt it, too? Mm -hmm. Like, they don't really feel like they are together. Mm -hmm. Like, they are family, really. And then also, okay, you're looking at who made those sleigh beds? (laughs) (laughs) 
and customize them for each one of the ghosts? These are my questions. And why doesn't Casper have a sleigh bed? He just has like a normal uh, iron frame. Yeah. Like it's like a, almost like a girl. Yeah. Room well, they, too. they mentioned that they're his uncles, right? Right. So there's that. And these characters are from the actual show or from the cartoons. Uh, Fatso, for example, debuted in the cartoon Fright from Wrong in 1957, uh, likely the mem- younger member of the ghostly trio. So, yes, they are very well known characters in the Casper franchise. Um, it doesn't say anything here in the Casper the Friendly Ghost wiki <laughs> that he's the uncle. This but is what we're doing with yes. Saturday. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no reference to him being the uncle, but they made it seem easier. But yes, did they die at the same time? I'm interested to know about them. Yeah. Like, like were they, they just... Because they're clearly adults, okay? Like, I'd understand maybe... Uh, like teenagers living in the same room, you know, like, all right, all the teenage boys are in the same room or whatever, but they're not teenagers. They're clearly adults. And so it's like weird. All these adults just jam packed in this room and then they die. And then they die together. Well, it is a really big house. So it's probably one of those things like where the the family just like, Hey, we have one rich brother, so we might as well just move in with them. Hey, (laughs) so So now we're stuck on this, this mysterious backstory. (laughs) It's a great backstory. But the film does not want you to focus on that. Just like accept it for what it is. It's haunted. Boom. Move on. (laughs) As with a lot of things in this film that you're supposed to just accept. (laughs) It is the nineties. Yes. (laughs) Actually, funny story is JJ Abrams did, was uncredited, but he did a rewrite of the script. (laughs) So the humble beginnings of JJ, and I'm thinking, if only he knew 20 years later, he would be doing Star Wars. Right? That's amazing. So I really, these are questions we should be asking JJ. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not asking about Next Star Wars. Next time I see him, I'll ask. <laughs> we're not talking about Star Wars, JJ. No. Casper. Casper the Friendly Ghost, okay? Go back. These are important questions. We need to know. We need to know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really love the uncles that much. I thought they were so obnoxious and annoying. And that's the whole point. They're supposed to be obnoxious and annoying, but they really are quite different from Casper. I really just don't like the uncles. I think they're very... (laughs) I'm just not a big fan of the uncles. I feel that they're too... Not too obnoxious, but they're very obnoxious. Very characterized. And, you know, they're totally different than casper which is fine mm-hmm. but i i just don't like that they're there they're so annoying and in the way and creating a problem <laughs> <laughs> well this is probably a one of the main reasons why they cut their musical scene <laughs> they had a full scene no it was it was called lucky enough to be a ghost it was totally scripted and partially filmed. Maybe like it was filmed, but they didn't actually go in and the do the CGI because that would have cost like over a million, another million dollars. And they're like, uh, let's not do that. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm glad that they cut it. It's not, if you want to find it, I'll show, I'll put the the link. It's a YouTube video I can, I found. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. But I'm really glad they cut it after <laughs> watching it. I was like, this wasn't very good. No, <laughs> it was fine. But it definitely worked better without it. So, yeah, we don't need singing just because you yeah. are a cartoon character or CGI or traditionally animated. It would have been the does only not mean song you have too. to sing. Yeah, it would have been the only song in the whole show. So I'm glad that they decided against it. 
So Dr. Harvey actually kind of makes a little bit of ground with these guys. Mm-hmm. And they start, they accept him enough where they don't completely kick him out. I mean, yeah. But he's accepted where he's not totally freaked out. So they kind of, it's a symbiotic relationship. And he, you know, is trying to do his thing. Although we never actually see, like, we see him, like, preparing for their sessions. Yeah. But I never actually see any of these sessions. Well, like, that was one of the sessions. It was a session oh. where he, like, he goes in and he's, like, talking to him. And yeah. So after this session, they're just like, yeah, let's not do a session anymore. Because <laughs> they basically, like, throw him against couches and, yeah. like, everywhere. And so, yeah. He's like, the doctor's in. And it's, like, supposed to be set right before Kat comes in and says, uh-huh. hey, can I have a party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. I mean... We're assuming that he's trying to do some work. But again, he's just a squatter. Yeah. He's just a hack. He doesn't really do this for a living. He's kind of just making it work. And now he's like, crap. <laughs> I'm here with the ghosts. And I don't really want these ghosts here. Well, like the entire but time. I want to stay here because I like squatting on this sweet, sweet property. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole time he's trying to find his late wife. So he thinks that his late wife had unfinished business, and so she's somewhere out there. And so the obviously the uncles play on this, like, oh, don't be talking about Amelia. She's <laughs> the sweetest as they come. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, now, we all know her. Like, we all throw parties, sell ha- haunting stories. Yeah, the parties are kind of dead, though. <laughs> great, great lines. <laughs> but, you know, that, that whole part of it is his drive so i get that i'm cool with that once again poor cat like she's being drugged through the fact that her dad has issues with his yes, wife with his dead wife and she's just like hey i'm i'm pretty okay like yeah uh-huh. it happened but i'm trying to move on and he just doesn't so i was like oh yeah poor girl yeah so he develops its very very strong relationship with the ghosts were so much that they get him out of the house or he gets them out of the house, but they go drinking and partying. Yeah, yeah. And so this sets up a very strange part of the film where people are just totally okay killing each other. <laughs> so Harrington, okay, so before we get to this part, there's the up and atom machine. Yes. Which, oh, by the way, my dad was just this inventor and he invented, figured out this machine and invented a machine where he can bring ghosts back to, to life. Right. Boom. Oh, Okay, that's a thing that we have to accept now. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, there's classic, only enough potion for one. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that puts some restraint on this. We can't just, like, put all the ghosts back. But Carrington suddenly gets it in her mind because she, this whole time she thinks there's this treasure uh-huh. in the manor. And that's really the only saving grace of the manor is that there's this treasure at Whipstaff Manor that she's going to get her hands on. And when they finally go down to the secret lair, she's, like, a, they're... You own this place, but they have to be, like, super secretive, and they're hiding in the shadows, and they go down there, and they see, you know, Casper's like, oh, yeah, that's the vault. And they're like, oh, that's, that's where, where it is. is. So she, she figures that the way well, to which get... Which is the whole reason why she wanted the ghost gone. Yes. And not destroy the whole thing. Yes, exactly, because she was going to tear down the manor, just get rid of it altogether, but then realize that, oh, there could be treasure here. Mm-hmm. So hold on, hold your horses. Whipstaff doth the treasure hole. <laughs> and so she realizes that, okay, to get this treasure, um, the easiest way is just to have a ghost go in and pull it out and then, you know, exit. So, okay, I'm going to kill my assistant, like literally <laughs> murder him. And that's okay because I now I have this machine. I've never seen it actually work before. Right, right. I don't know if it, I mean, she it, just, it she work. takes things totally on their word that 
okay yep that it's just it's gonna work there's enough for one boom i'm gonna kill him and bring him back to life after i get the yeah what the heck <laughs> she's totally warped and then it goes totally south and she ends up dying herself which and, she's fine with too you know you know what so jared was watching the beginning of this with me and then later i started on my own and i like fast forward like well, I didn't fast forward, but when he came back, it was like after this point, like, okay. so a bunch of people were ghosts and he was like, wait, how did they become a ghost? <laughs> and so I had to like explain, well, she decided that she wanted to be a ghost. And so she killed herself. And because there's this machine that brings ghosts back to the dead, <laughs> so it, it sounded so stupid when I was saying that to him. He was like, what? <laughs> I mean, it works. I was like, though. it works when you watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't just, just for fun guys. Like, try to explain the plot of Casper to somebody in, like, a minute or two. Right, right. And really get their reaction of, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what's really funny, though, is this movie really could have been terrible. Like, Yeah. It could have been. surprisingly okay. I have have great nostalgia for this movie. So, Rosie Red, this is a great movie to me. Yeah. Um, But it's still, like, yeah, if you're looking at it super critically, it's not terrible. I mean, it's, it's not amazing but it's definitely acceptable i as i've never not accepted any of the things yeah, that yeah. they put out there and but you just think wow this really could have been terrible yeah. <laughs> if un, in the wrong hands with the wrong <laughs> script with the wrong like just oh my gosh and the cgi characters are actually pretty good i thought they were for great. the very first i mean the, the whole interesting... hand thing that everybody <sighs> it's like the quintessential moment are you a ghost <laughs> oh can't touch you <laughs> it's actually interesting because this is the first the first film credited to have the main character be CGI. And it's interesting because this is in 95. So just six months later, Toy Story comes out. That yeah. not only is the first fully animated uh, CGI film, but has plenty of main characters. Right. So this barely you know beat toy story out and the good characters are, are good i and i don't feel like yes it's 20 years ago i don't look at it and think oh my eyes they no. burn <laughs> like the animation the it's, it's not terrible the goggles it, do nothing <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty decent so that's good so then okay everyone's ghosts so the dad dies because he goes gets all tipsy right. and falls backwards which just happens to be construction outside of the bar which oh. was so weird to me. I was like, is this bar just like out? How are people getting in the it, back was, door? Because and... there's somebody else in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he already dead? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> this is weird. So the dad dies. And then I actually like that twist, even though it's like pretty sad and happens yeah. pretty quick because it puts some pressure on Casper. on Casper and what they have to do. Because again, there's only enough potion for one. Right. And so they were this close to bringing Casper back from the dead, which this has been his whole life. Maybe that this is the whole reason he's wanted a friend. Right. Just so he could bring someone. He doesn't actually care about cats. Oh. He just wanted to bring someone down there so they could push the button and pull the switch and do the lever. How conniving. So he could come back. To, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> friendly no (laughs) manipulative come on now no he's good (laughs) and uh so then she realizes the dad is died and she's already lost one parent yeah and this is the second which just conveniently happened right before and appears right before 
And so, of course, he says, okay, come on, Dr. Harvey. And it's very strange because Dr. Harvey almost says, within seconds of being a ghost, lost his memory of Cat. Yeah. Which... Why doesn't Carrington lose her memory? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, she has 100% recollection of everything, of why she killed herself, of why she's there. Totally coherent. So I don't appreciate that because yeah. they make the dad totally aloof, which is adding even more emotional tension to the moment where he right. doesn't remember me. Doesn't remember. But Carrington yeah. remembers everything. And, oh, yeah. And I think that might have just been her sheer, her sheer will. <laughs> she knew why she was dying. Like yeah, died for that a purpose. That was her unfinished business. That right. stupid gold or treasure or whatever it is. Whatever she <laughs> thought it was going to be. Like, is treasure really that important? You know, I mean, it's really not. And for just a baseball it, glove. Well, yeah, especially just for a baseball glove. If she's a ghost, glove. she should have put her hand in there and like just look and see what give it a, is. Give it a little peek. <laughs> but the thing is, like that that vault was not that big. Yeah. And so you would think that, I mean, if it were like a Scrooge McDuck vault, hey, hey, okay, you can, <laughs> we can look into that. But this looks like just like a, a small little, it's not even, a, I wouldn't even call it a vault. It was a safe, you know? Yes. And so it's like, how much could actually be in there? Even if it's like a whole chunk of gold, yeah. you know, it's, or a whole bunch of diamonds or something like that. It's still probably not going to be that much. You know what? Got it. Speak to speak the speak, truth. Speak to Miss Carrington. <laughs> I get it. Priorities, lady. Yeah. Now I I felt like everything was good through that. Once, well, I mean, once again, I felt everything was super acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like this whole movie is totally acceptable, especially for the '90s goodness that was in it. Um, I love when they have the party. Yes, and some of those costumes, like okay, at the very <laughs> end when you have like the sunflower kid, yes. like like running out. I like oh wow before before <gasps> Halloween we came totally sexualized and yeah. just like how can I get the most scantily clad outfit possible? Like these are pretty neat these costumes. Are awesome <laughs> costumes. And Which then, like, this is a weird the crab situ- teacher. <laughs> this is a weird situation where i like they just invite themselves to her house you know well, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, the cause, party cause she's just like uh how about we do it over there and she's like uh i guess uh. yeah when they find out that's where she lives right but yeah she like, didn't like say hey let's do it at no, my place they said, no somebody else is like uh this girl's got a crazy awesome pad let's do it there yeah like uh so they all just roll up and it's like the teachers too and yeah let's start having their sweet party we're here <laughs> yeah. the sunflower kid at the very end running out was probably one of my favorites um the other one well then you have them trying to run through as the ghost yeah like the on top of the double decker totally freak uh, yeah like no please you're not scary <laughs> you're not you're just a 12 foot bed sheet <laughs> uh, with makeup good makeup though give him that i thought that would if somebody showed up like that at my halloween party i'd be like props to you yeah. man props should we let's go back a little bit and talk about cat and casper's relationship yeah yeah, yeah. There was one thing that I liked about Kat and Casper's relationship is that as you go through and they like show Casper's backstory and they show, you know, his toy room and, you know, mm-hmm. him. That's first... another thing that makes him very juvenile is that his room is just all toys. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's like still to that point in life. At 12 years old? I mean, I don't Do, know. Does, we know he's 12. Does he say he's 12? I don't know. But even like, 
it seems like all of those seem more like an eight-year-old type thing right (laughs) and so it's like this is one of those questions like do ghosts age (laughs) like what is i don't understand but anyway like it was really cute how she's trying to help him remember mm-hmm. and trying to help him. So they do create a really good bond there. And Which like, she does a fantastic job cleaning up and spiffing up that room. Yeah. It was a total wreck disaster and somehow it looks like it got a brand new paint job. Yeah. And like <laughs> not a not a dust speck in sight. How long would it have taken just to dust that one room? A long time. A but it made really it seem like she time. got it done in just a few hours. Like an hour. Yeah, you know, no worries. MBD. <laughs> but I liked their their whole relationship. And, you know, as they did a good job of making it seem real and not necessarily creepy, but that they truly became friends. Right. And that she was helping him and he was helping she her. She did such a good job with... Basically, as they're filming this, they're talking to baseballs or like, like <laughs> yeah, they're not talking to anything. But she did such a good job at making it real. I was very impressed. Go, Christina. At the party, uh, Casper has already done his good deed of giving up his humanity. The dad is back. The dad is back. And the party's here. <laughs> the party's popping. She's like, ah, you're here. Okay. Just uh, hold on a second. <laughs> just don't leave this room. Yeah. Stay in the hall. Stay in the front in the foyer. You're cool. Okay, why did the mom come back in red? Exactly. I don't I don't understand the symbolism of that. Maybe like were they just trying to be different? Like I color they, wise? I feel they were trying to be different. Like because you would think white. Yeah. Obviously. Like are they just trying to not be religious? Is that what they're thinking? I don't know. Like, this red almost gives the connotation of, like, like the devil. devil. I know. Like, whoa. It was she weird. She was not this angel that you thought she was. She was actually a spirit demon. I know. I mean. <laughs> not really. No, but, but. I think it was just to, like, give a fun spin on it. Like, it's I not guess. what you expect. Yeah. Her dress almost was like a red version of Elsa's dress. Where it has yes. the sheer top and the sheer sleeves. I'm like, oh. Hmm. 20 see, years later. See what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> She was a cool mom, she I guess. She was real. Yeah. There wasn't anything off or weird about her. She wasn't a ghost. So, she okay, just... from the religion of Casper, if you finish your business, then you still get to have, like, a full body. You know, yeah. you still have skin, basically, uh-huh. and you're not nebulized. Yep. Okay, good to know. And it is those who are lost and still wandering, looking for their lost business, is when they turn into nebulous mm-hmm creatures i really do like the point where they flip it on carrington where they help her realize that you got your treasure right now so therefore your unfinished business is finished have unfinished business yeah and then poof like that was like a they like the bars of light that shine through (laughs) no 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 (laughs) it's like this is the spookiness yeah I thought that was cool, too. One thing about this film is that it kind of moves very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, the threat from the time that she is, you know, trying to kill the assistant, ends up being dead, to tormenting them, to ultimately dying again and poofing into exist- into nothingness, is very quick. Yeah, So it it's is. not like she's constantly there haunting them, and then they really move on, and there's no threat at that point. Even the uncles aren't around during the party, which was, like, quite... Whoever struck that bargain I know. was good because they would have, you know, created something. Quite a problem. But yeah, the, the party's happening on its own. And you know what? Casper gets something for, for doing a good deed. And it almost felt like the good fairy uh-huh. to Pinocchio right. in that scene. 
Yeah. You know, or she's now sitting there real talking boy. to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for 10 minutes. No, for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> for the extension of this song. It's like, until midnight? Cinderella got till midnight? Uh, Cinderella wasn't 12. Right. So that's where it says <laughs> yeah, 12. Yeah. But, like, he's... He literally gets three minutes, one song, yeah. and half of it is him walking down a staircase. Yes. <laughs> and so they do get to levitate, so that's pretty cool. And then he kisses well, her. Well, so here's another weird thing, is that he comes down the steps. Then he goes up to Kat, and she's like, whoa. Who are you? Who are you? And she's just dancing with him, and then she's flying with him, and then he finally like gives this little... Can I keep you? Can I keep you thing? And then she's like, oh, this is Casper. Right. And I'm like, who did you think he was? <laughs> you just thought he was some hot guy. And you're like, hey. okay. <laughs> and she's like totally into him. Like if you go back and watch that scene under the, like she doesn't know who this is. Like right. the way she acts is so weird. Yeah. It's very strange. But hey. <laughs> and then she realizes it's Casper. And she's like, oh. But like, hello. She was just all for that little piece of hotness. She didn't care who he was. Stranger. He walked up and swept her up his feet. that's how every time was. Every girl loved that kid. He came down. Oh. And he comes down and is like, is like almost a pirate looking shirt. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> a pirate shirt. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> every now and then. I have a story about so that So 90s. No, I have a story. So this was years later so maybe 10 years later five to eight somewhere around there um i am i just wake up and i am singing this song (laughs) and i haven't seen casper in so many years and so i could not remember where it was from but for whatever reason for like a week i was singing this song every single day and so there was one day where I was like, eh, let's watch some movies. So I had like, um, I was working as a receptionist for a bit. And basically they, it was most of the time you didn't get a lot of calls. And so you could just like have a movie going in the background and then you could like push pause when you actually yeah. need to talk to people. So I was watching quite a few movies at the time. And so I was like, Hey Casper, I haven't seen that in a while. So I'll add that to my list that one day. And then it got to this part and that song started and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh my gosh. And so I was so obsessed with it after that. I'm like, ah, this song was meant for me for whatever reason. That's so funny. Every now and then you find a special friend who never lets us down. I'll make a wish for you. Uh, Jordan Hill, I think was Was the name of the girl. uh, Was it a pop? It was poppy song did it like oh i don't know if it charted i don't see i i'm trying to think i'm like is this a song that i know because i've seen casper too many times or is this a song um, that like i legitimately have heard on the radio i'm thinking it's casper <laughs> i'm pretty positive it's just casper okay well, there you go because i feel like so back in the 90s the saturday morning or the Saturday afternoon movies. Do you remember yes. that? Like, oh, yeah. The the local station would just put random movies on, and I feel like this one was frequently in the rotation for the Saturday movie Oh, especially during our lineup. Yeah, and so I, I feel like I've seen this quite a bit as a oh, result. I've seen this so many times. Yeah. Which, when, when we decided to do this, even before we decided to do this, like several weeks ago, I was like, 
um, can we do Casper on the? I was I was wanting to ask if we could do this. You didn't movie. even ask. No, we I didn't even about ask. This. No, I just put it on there because I was like, oh yeah, that movie. <laughs> like I didn't even ask, but like a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, I really want to watch Casper right now. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, this movie to me has great replay value, and yes. it has a very nice rating in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, critical probably not that great is but i mean still it's a good yeah. thing so oh one last question i did say is now that carrington is dead cat and her dad are apparently continue to squat forever well yeah that's another very confusing thing because they're currently squatting they did not get paid for their job they will not get paid for their job and just because they're squat and just because they're squatting on this property does not mean that they own the property right but it's kind of just assumed that like it's, oh this is our place but does no one else want this because it's haunted I mean, it's still haunted yeah and they're the only ones who can deal with the ghosts it, so many questions but it also it's I not mean, theirs no, it's not. But do you know what? The like Casper can somehow brings food. Like they have actual food every morning. Every yes. morning. So this is a squatting stealing. Home. They're stealing this home. Free bed and breakfast. That is amazing in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They should really just turn it into a bed and breakfast. Ooh, that would be spooky. That would be awesome. Heart, I want that house. Uh. All right. So let's give our reviews. Okay, looking at this at a critical eye, no, it isn't perfect. No, it doesn't, like, it's not the best movie in the world, but it was great for that time. And it, like I said before, has good replay value for me. And it's acceptable in all the ways that count. And so I'm going to give this three and a half stars on a... uh, I'd like to give it four, though. It's your review. Okay, I'm giving it four stars just because of the rosy red <laughs> nostalgia that adds to it. <laughs> like, if I'm doing a real critical, it's going to be like 3.5 or so. Mm-hmm. But rosy red goggles make it four. Okay. So this movie is fun to watch. I feel like if you grew up with this movie, then it definitely has a special place in your heart or maybe not so maybe much. Not. But if you were a girl in the 90s who watched this movie, it has a special place in your you heart. You totally had a crush oh, on him. The life, <laughs> oh, when he turns into a human. That was a thing. That was a Trust thing. Me, that was a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. But as far as, as I was watching it this time, there were just a lot of holes and cracks that I thought were pretty funny. But nonetheless, you just kind of like accept them and yeah. move on. Um, And the film kind of just owns it and says, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous, but here we go. And it's not terrible at at the end of the day. It's really not just like so embarrassing to watch. No. um, One of the writers had mentioned that she doesn't like this film because it comes off very dated to her. And I didn't really feel that it was, it feels super dated in a way. So, I mean, there are this amazing amount of 90s goodness, but it's like not... I don't, yeah, dated in a negative sense, I don't think so. So I'm just going to give it teetering between three and three and a half stars. So I'll give it three stars. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into our voicemails. We have some reviews of the My Little Pony, the movie, in addition to some reviews of Casper. So here we go. Hey there, Rotoscopers. This is Jared with my review of My Little Pony, the movie. 
I give this film 3.5 stars. Uh, I think I enjoyed it, but think like kind of like you guys were saying, there was a bit too much going on there. You know, wasn't a whole lot done to accommodate people who were checking out the movie without any previous experience with the franchise. And then, you know, all the Hollywood voice actors just kind of crowded the thing up. It just seemed like there was too much going on and not enough emphasis put on any one thing. Uh, I think they probably could have dropped Capper or the Parrots or both and put more emphasis on the Hippogriffs and things would have turned out a lot nicer. I think uh, probably the best thing they did was how they worked with the villains. I enjoyed the Storm King. Tempest was, of course, pretty cool, though, like you guys are saying, could have used a little more a little more depth to her whole broken horn thing. And, yeah, it would have been nice if uh could have had more, some more epic battle sequences, not have the princesses get sidelined for, like, the umpteenth time. And, yeah, just could have been better. But 3.5 would be my rating. Anyway, talk to you next time. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Chad. Um, just tuning in an audio review for the My Little Pony film. Um, I did leave a comment on the podcast page, but I thought I'd add a little bit um, as I really enjoyed uh, this film. It was very reminiscent of a storyline, I think, that would have been in the fourth season of the show, and I think that's actually partly why I enjoyed it. Um, you guys talked about kind of the predictability of it, but um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, too. And it was just, for me, it was an overall feel-good film. It, it kind of reminded me of what I really enjoyed in the earlier seasons of the show. Um, and I do think that if they had released it back near the end of season four or, you know, maybe at the start of season five rather than, I think we're on season eight now, that, I think that's the upcoming season. Um, it probably would have been um, more well-received, although I do hear it's doing uh, pretty well so far. So, yeah, I thought the My Little Pony film was an excellent and well-acted-out um, film. Oh, and the music. I loved the music. I mean, um, I do agree that the soundtrack is very, very strong. Um, I think my favorite song is kind of... Uh, Hard to decide. Uh, I really love the opening song. I just, I just love the feel goodness of, uh, the festival of friendship. And, and then it kind of goes to, um, Emily Blunt's, uh, villainous song, which I think was done very, very well. I didn't even know she could sing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great film. I, I loved it and I'd give it, uh, three and a half stars. Um, because, yeah. And frankly, here's a question for you guys. Would you like to see a second theatrical film? Because I think that if this did well enough, I, I'd i be up for a sequel. I would love to see uh, a theatrical sequel to this, um, maybe with uh, characters from the later seasons, like uh, Starlight Glimmer or, you know, maybe uh, more progression on Tempest. Um, I personally hope they really bring her into the... Uh, Anyway, that's my that's my true sense on this. Uh, thanks, and um, look forward to future podcasts.
Hello, this is Alex calling in to give my review of Casper. I remember Morgan mentioning on a previous episode that she loves this film, so I'm sure that she is looking forward to this episode. It's been about 10 years since I have seen Casper, but from what I can remember, I enjoyed it. The animation is very good and still held up. The acting is also, by and large, very good. And the voice acting on the ghosts was pretty decent as well. I did have issues with the story. I felt that it was overly complex, especially for a family film. One interesting fact about this film is that in the TV special Toy Story at 20 to Infinity and Beyond, a poster for this film can be seen hanging in the office of one of the crew members. I don't know if this person worked on both films or if he admired the computer animation on the ghosts, but I thought that this appearance of the poster was interesting. Overall, I give this film three stars out of five. It's not perfect, but I enjoyed it. Alright guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts Podcast. We're glad to have you on the comfy couch with us as we went back down Nostalgia Lane and talked about the 90s classic Casper. Or maybe if you aren't a girl in the 90s, it's not a classic for you, but that's okay. That was our Halloween spooktacular episode. Our next episode is going to be Mary and Max. It's a patron pick, so we're excited to dive into that movie. Be sure to send us your voicemail reviews of that film by going to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or calling us at 406-646-6575. Also, just a heads up for our patrons, our Roto Rewatch for November is going to bring us into Frozenber. <laughs> As we rewatch Frozen, which is pretty exciting. It's been about four years since Frozen came out. So we will be doing another review of Frozen and have plenty and lots of things to say. So if you're a patron, that comes out and drops at the beginning of November. And if you're not a patron, you can look into being one at rotoscopers.com slash Patreon. We give all the cool, fun perks that you get and we list them there. Thanks to everyone who are patrons. They make this show possible. And until next time, I'm Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And we are the Rotoscopers. Aaron, bud, whatever. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's my horrible Clint Eastwood impression that I'm probably going to cut. <laughs> Carrington, because okay. we need to set up her role in this. She set is up the, the other character. She is the... And- First point off, of reference, who here. is she? Because her voice is just so grumbly and smoker. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I don't know how I feel about this. Um.